Hi, everybody. Jimmy DeYoung here. Thank you for joining us for a few moments as we take a look at the book. This time, we're going to be looking at clear and present dangers that confront us today in our world. By the way, that's the title of a five-hour audio series on CD that is available for you to purchase and then study with me on this subject. There are five different clear and present dangers. Today, we're going to be thinking about the global threat of Islam. It is indeed a clear and present danger. We'll have our Bible study, and then I'll come back and tell you how you can purchase your own copy of the five-hour audio series on CD, Clear and Present Danger. But right now, let's think about the global threat of Islam. Let me look at, with you, Islam's demise. Go to the book of Joel, if you will, just a moment. The book of Joel, chapter 2. The book of Joel in the Old Testament. If you don't know where it is, it's on page 930 if you have a good Bible. The book of Joel, just before the book of Amos. That ought to help. The book of Joel. It's a place in your Bible where your pages are still stuck together. Just go to the index. Hurry up. I'm time running out, please. Joel. Joel, the book of Joel is the introduction of the phrase in prophecy that is a key for your understanding to get a handle on prophecy. The day of the Lord. The day of the Lord, that phrase is used 72 times in the Old Testament. It is referring to a period of time with a general and a specific usage. Let me give you the definition. Dr. Charles Ryrie Uh, And I were in a conference over in Bermuda, suffering for the Lord there. Somebody had to do it, so we both volunteered. And uh, I I spoke before Dr. Ryrie. He always kind of intimidates me just a little bit when he's in the audience. But I spoke before him, and I gave a definition of uh, the day of the Lord. And he came up afterwards, he said, boy, that's a good definition. I said, thank you, sir. He said, you get that out of my Bible? I said, no, sir. So I thought I was on pretty good ground if I get the same time. The day of the Lord is any time in history when God intercedes in the affairs of man personally on the earth. That's a definition you need to have. The day of the Lord, any time in history when God intercedes in the affairs of man personally on the earth. Let me illustrate. This microphone's the rapture, the seven-year tribulation. This is the second coming of Jesus Christ, the thousand-year millennial kingdom, the great white throne judgment, and eternity future, a roadmap through eschatology. The day of the Lord, any time in history when God intercedes in the affairs of man personally on the earth, used in a general sense, is any time after the rapture. Remember Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5? You're not in the day of the Lord, so the rapture hasn't happened. The day of the Lord does not include the rapture, but it does in a general sense, that seven-year period of time, the second coming of Christ, the thousand-year millennial kingdom, and it does not include the great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment, chapter 20, verse 11 of the book of Revelation. The heavens and the earth fled away, and I saw a great white throne. So the day of the Lord in its general use is a thousand and seven years long, not including the rapture nor the great white throne. The day of the Lord specifically, and used 17 times in chapters 12, 13, and 14 of Zechariah, is talking about that period when Jesus Christ steps back on the Mount of Olives. That day, a specific day. How do you determine which it is? by the context. But it's introduced, that phrase, here in the book of Joel. He's describing the day of the Lord. And in this context, he's talking about the time quickly approaching the second coming when he will step down on the earth. Have you got chapter 2 of Joel? Notice what it says here. Chapter 2. A day of darkness, as he describes it, 
and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness as the morning spread upon the mountains. Notice, a great people and a strong there hath not been ever the like, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations, like a fire devoureth before them, and behind them a flame burneth the land. And they're headed towards the city of Jerusalem. Interestingly, it says the Garden of Eden. That gives you an idea of where I think the Garden of Eden is. But having said that, a great and mighty militia, a militia that will come together, forming in its total numbers a larger militia that has ever been on the face of the earth. And they're going to Jerusalem, and they're going to try to devour Jerusalem like a fire. May I submit to you, that great and mighty army is a mighty Muslim militia. Today, Islam is one-fourth of our earth's population, 1.5 billion people. King Abdullah, the recently positioned king of Saudi Arabia, replacing his brother, King Abdullah said, we must put together a mighty Muslim militia to go after terrorism. Hello? And the Muslim world has to come together. King Abdullah, another King Abdullah, this one, the King of Jordan, made the exact same statement. The Muslims must unite in a militia, a military might. And they're the only ones that can put the largest military force ever seen on the face of the earth into position. Now, Joel chapter 2 doesn't stand alone. Ezekiel chapter 38 mentions a group of nations that will come against Israel. Meshach, Tubal, Gomer, Tagarma, that's modern-day Turkey. Persia, modern-day Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Libya, also Ethiopia, modern-day Somalia, Ethiopia, and Sudan. They're going to come in the last days. They'll form this army coming into Jerusalem. Daniel chapter 11, verses 40 to 44, mentions the king of the north and the king of the south. They are defined earlier in chapter 11 as Egypt and Syria. I'm mentioning the Islamic world. But let me show you their demise. They're going to come together. They're going to force this activities together. Go to Ezekiel chapter 39. Let me show you something. Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 1. Chapter 38 talks about the coalition of nations that come together out of the Muslim Islamic world. Chapter 39, verse 1. Therefore, thou son of man, prophesy against God, and thus saith to the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O God, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. I will turn thee back and leave but the sixth part of thee, and will cause thee to come up from the north parts, and will bring thee upon the mountains of Israel, and I will smite thy bow out of thy left hand, and I will cause thine arrows to fall out of thy right hand, and thou shalt fall upon the mountains of Israel, thou and all thy bands, and the people that is with thee, I will give thee unto the ravenous birds of every sort, and to the beast of the field to be devoured. Now, my text in the King James says five out of every six of the Islamic world attacking Israel will be destroyed. If you have another translation other than King James, it won't say five out of every six. But if you keep reading the context, he says all of these bands coming against Israel are going to be destroyed. They're going to be given to the beasts of the field and the ravenous birds. And so it is. Look up here, please, with me, if you will. So it is. The rapture of the church takes place. 
this mighty militia forms as talked about in Joel chapter 2, verses 2, 3, and 4. They come like a fire devouring everything before them. And they come into Jerusalem. Early on, Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 8 says, when they are at peace. Chapter 38, verse 11 says, when they are living in unwalled cities after Antichrist has confirmed that peace treaty. There will be a pseudo peace for a short period of time. And this coalition of nations comes in to try to destroy Israel. And out of the heavenlies, Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 18 and following, Jesus Christ intercedes to protect them. Rains hell, fire, and brimstone, and destroys them. Five out of every six are killed. Why is that key? Because of what I said yesterday. The Antichrist is going to establish a one-world church. Where? In Rome. Guess who is totally exclusive? Islam. They would not come under the banner of a one-world church. And so they have to be removed from the scene. And early on, in the seven-year tribulation period, Islam's demise takes place. And the Antichrist sets up ecclesiastical Babylon in Rome. The stage is set. Every actor is in place. The curtain's about to go up. Ishmael's true descendants, the Islamic world, their doctrine, destroy every non-Muslim, establish a worldwide dominion, their demise, Jesus intercedes, takes them out right after the rapture, which could happen at any moment. Are you ready? Father, Your word, as is God, is awesome. It's awesome. It's articulate. It's authoritative. It's accurate. It's absolute. And in light of what we've gleaned from the pages of your holy scriptures this morning is that we're quickly approaching that day. Thus, I pray for my dear friends here this day, don't let them leave this campus without making certain they're prepared through trusting Christ as Lord and Savior. And if saved, living pure and productively until your return. In the precious name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you so very much for joining us as we've had an opportunity to take a look at the book. I want to remind you that everything we study prophetically seems to be indicating we are quickly approaching the time of the return of Jesus Christ when he comes back to the earth, touching down on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. But remember, at least seven years before he comes back, 
that seems to be very close at hand. But before that, the rapture of the church takes place when Jesus shouts, the archangel shouts, the trumpet of God sounds, and you and I that know Christ as Lord and Savior are caught up to be with him forevermore. You know, that could happen at any moment. There is not one prophecy that has to be fulfilled before the rapture of the church. I want to remind you, you can get your copy of Clear in Present Danger. Call our toll-free number, 877-674-3298, or go to our website, prophecytoday.com, and make your order there. And as you study, you'll know the rapture is very close at hand. In fact, it's so close, I do believe, there's nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until... 